And hello, everyone. Welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're with Lamb, Lion Ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today, so we hope that you can stay tuned. A message that we have titled, Watchmen's Reward, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 33. So we invite you to get your Bibles ready and get yourselves ready to follow along with us for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study Ezekiel, and Lord, uh, as we go through it, uh, you've just been opening up so many insights for Vic and me, and I hope and pray that those insights are being opened up to those who are tuned in, so we may know you better, Lord, grow in our relationship with you, and praise you. So, Lord, uh, open up the Bible today so that we may understand what you have for us to learn. In your precious and wonderful name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, you're tuned into our program, and we encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us as we dive into the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, another wonderful week that we get to share the good news of Jesus. It is a wonderful week when we get to share the good news of Jesus. I like how you how you said that. I Hopefully everybody tuned in and we welcome you all to The Truth Will Set You Free. Uh, we're excited about studying through the book of Ezekiel. That's not all we do, but in the, what is it now, 13 years, Vic, that we've been doing this program, we've covered so many different books of the Bible, uh, verse by verse. We think that's the best way of studying Bible prophecy and God's prophetic word. And if you want to catch up, and that's a lot of catching up to do, but if you want to catch up on this Ezekiel series and Check out our website at ChristInProphecy.org. You'll want to go under Watch Podcasts, and then The Truth Will Set You Free. You can also uh, connect by our RSS feed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Pray.com app. So uh, please check us out on all those different venues if you'd like to catch up on some of the episodes of The Truth Will Set You Free. Thank you, Nathan, for sharing that information. And we do encourage you to take advantage of these wonderful resources to help you grow in your relationship uh, with the Lord. And hey, for those of you who follow us on Pray.com and other social media platforms, we would love to hear from you. Send us a text message or call us. Let us know that you are tuning in and uh, how much you enjoy the program. You can always text 305-992-9537 or check us out at ChristInProphecy.com. Nathan, we love to hear from people once in a while, right? Right, right. And by the way, it's ChristinProphecy.org. ChristinProphecy.com will work as a redirect, but our website is ChristinProphecy.org, O-R-G. Thanks, Nathan. That's why we let you do those announcements, okay? Uh, well, that's because as the internet evangelist here at Living Line Ministries, <laughs> you know, that revolves around a lot of that and renewing domains and doing all the technical stuff. So, yes, brother. <laughs> And by the way, Nathan, you do a great job. People don't know that you minister to billions of people out there literally throughout the world. So it's a great uh, blessing what you do. Well, I would think of the time period we live in where we have the technology to reach billions of people. Uh, but it's just not me. My associate, Stephen Stuffelbean, has uh, been with the ministry for nine years. And uh, for folks who enjoy our website at ChristinProphecy.org, 
uh, he is departing to, uh, Lord has other things in store for him. And so we uh, wish him well. And uh, currently, Lamb and Lion Ministries is now looking to replace him as his web associate job. I'm actually thinking something, somebody more who's uh, an expert in social media can get the name of this ministry out there and open up all sorts of new social media venues, as well as update content and, and get into our website. So we'll have to know some you know HTML and some graphic background. And they do a little video, too. So this is my little spot for if, hey, if you are an expert in social media uh, professionally and or you know somebody who is, then let them know. Uh, come to ChristinProphecy.org, uh, submit their application to us here, and uh, we'd love to have you on board. That would be so great, right, Nathan, as we add to the team. I mean, it's, it's uh, sometimes it's sad when others uh, move on, but at the same time, it's also cool because it opens opportunity for other individuals, just like you mentioned. And I know the Holy Spirit will tug at someone's heart and the Lord will bring the right person there to, for, for the ministry. So thank you for sharing that as well, those opportunities, Nathan. Yeah, it's always nice, uh, new opportunities, uh, bringing new people with new talents, new flavors, new passions. We still have the same message here at Lamb and Lion Ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And if you believe in uh, Jesus Christ, you're saved, and uh, you have uh, uh, understanding of Bible prophecy and believe it from a premillennial, pre-tribulation viewpoint, and you're an expert in social media and web content update, then please contact me at uh, webminister at lamblion.com. Absolutely. And, that, and that, that is fantastic, Nathan. And I think it's just great uh, the evangelistic platform the Lord has given us. And that's why you and I have used social media. We're, we're both uh, technology geeks somewhat, uh, <laughs> and we have been able to just embrace every aspect of technology. And, and it's fun. It's, uh, even right now, to um, who would have thought, Nathan, that we would have so many people listening to us over the Internet? Where many years ago, all we had was shortwave radio or radio and then, of course, on television. But now with mobile devices, literally people are able to tune in uh, from everywhere around the world. And with that, we want to encourage you, those of you that maybe use a mobile app, uh, uh, would love for you to turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 33 with us as we're going to notice verses 19 through 20 and recap some of the things that we talk about talked about in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is this uh, watchman and that's why we titled today's message a watchman's reward. And Nathan, there's a great responsibility, right? When you are a watchman, when you're looking out spiritually uh, for others, it, it's a great responsibility because you seek to, do, to want to do things right. Well, that's a beautiful segue because as we've been exploring the last two weeks about the watchmen on the wall, you know, back in Bible times to protect their cities, they would build these big walls around the city and the watchmen would be stationed at various places so they could all see 360 degrees around them. And their job was if they saw trouble coming to sound the alarm and let the guard know and prepare the city. And the Bible, as we read in chapter 33, the Lord has very serious warnings for a watchman who doesn't do their job, that the blood of those who uh, they didn't protect would be on their hands. But if they created and sounded the alarm and the people didn't do anything about it, then the blood was on their hands. And the Lord wasn't just saying this for the people in Ezekiel's time 2,600 years ago, but it applies to us today. As believers in Christ, we are the watchmen. We're called to sound the warning. Jesus Christ is coming soon. Repent. Uh, Turn to the Lord Jesus so that you may be saved. Avoid the tribulation that's coming. That's our message as watchmen. And I love what you did, a little segue you did earlier, Vic, because you combined it to the fact that the Lord 
has given us so many much technology to get the word out. Whereas watchmen back in the day would stand on the walls high up so they can see, we stand on all these technological platforms that get the gospel out all over the world. So, hey, man, you just blew my mind. Well, <laughs> praise the Lord. And, and for individuals, Nathan, that don't know, you and I actually get together prior to a program and we pray together and we ask the Holy Spirit to show us and reveal to us what he wants to say to our audience. So that's the Holy Spirit at work, right, Nate, as we look to his scripture. Yes, all praise to the Lord. Amen. And, and Nathan, you know, you and I spoke about this and you gave us a great recap. What's happening here, too, is that God, he wants his people to repent and turn to him turn from their wicked ways with all their hearts and all their minds. And at the end, what God wants is people to come to the kingdom. We read that God doesn't take pleasure in the judgment of the wicked. As a matter of fact, verses 19 through 20 there in Ezekiel chapter 33, what we left off, it says, but when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. Nathan, I love that because as someone said, God doesn't have any grandchildren. Everyone has to come to him individually. And here it says he will judge everyone for their own ways. Yes. And, and I love, too, how this passage was talking about how that the Lord doesn't rejoice or he doesn't happy when the, the he has to punish the wicked. You know, he, he created everything perfect, everything good. He, he gave us all free will. And we chose, choose, we chose past Adam and Eve and choose now to do evil. And so the Lord, as the righteous judge, has to punish evil. Sin must be dealt with. It, uh, justice must be done. You know, we live in an age where we're always justice, justice. And we kind of reinterpreted justice to mean revenge. But for God, justice isn't about revenge, although there's an avenging aspect to it. It's about uh, settling what's right. Uh, giving what is right to the victim for the crimes committed against them. Uh, but I think what people struggle with is that the Lord has only one sentence for sin, and that's death in hell, eternal death in hell. And so they're like, well, that that's too severe. But hey, man, the weight of our sins is so bad, so evil, so offensive to God, and so harmful to ourselves and other people that that's the punishment for it. But the Lord gives us watchmen to call people out and turn to him and that's what we're, we're addressing today, that the Lord does provide avenues to so we can know that we're doing wrong. He gives us the law, for instance, so we can know the difference between right and wrong. He gives us his spirit to, to nudge us and point us towards him. And he gives us these watchmen who are calling out saying, hey, repent and return to the Lord. We don't want you to go to hell. So what an, a fascinating aspect of the Lord. You know, some people misjudge God and, and accuse him of being unrighteousness and angry all the time. But what love that he's given us a way out so much so through his son dying on the cross to pay for our sins mm, i love that thanks nathan again for those of you that just tuned in you're tuned into our two to set if you bible prophecy edition big batista nathan jones with lamb lion ministry our topic is that a watchman's reward as we look at ezekiel chapter 33 nathan also chapter 33 it begins to reveal to us a little bit here the reality of how uh, God's people went into captivity and what was going on behind the scene. Would you be able to pick it up for us there in verses 21 through 22, Nate, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yes, sure. Ezekiel 33, verse 21. And it came to pass in the 12th year of our captivity, in the 10th month, on the fifth day of the month, that one who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, the city has been captured. Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me in that evening before the man came who had escaped. 
and he had opened my mouth. So when he came to me in the morning, my mouth was open and I was no longer mute. Nathan, as we look at this passage, it's interesting. This kind of reminds me of, of Zechariah, uh, the opening of Luke there when uh, the angel appeared to him and he, and he went mute. And here somehow or other says that that was the case with uh, with with, with uh, Ezekiel. But then he also God opened his mouth so that he can proclaim God's message. And it was not an easy one from what we see here. And it's an interesting transition. I don't know why the monks of old decided to to not break verse 21 into chapter 34, because you've got a clear transition here. But chapter 33, he's addressing, he's he's giving a prophecy about the watchman on the wall. He's still telling the elders of Jerusalem and they asked him, hey, why is the Lord not defending us? Why are the Babylonians taking the city? And uh, so Ezekiel told them, he says, because of your sins, you guys are evil, evil people. You won't repent. And so the Lord is going to bring judgment upon you. You're going to be exiled for 70 years. And when you come back, there will be a believing remnant that will come back, a new generation, and they will follow the Lord. And so it's weird here Then we have this transition where now when, when Ezekiel starts telling you what the date is or when the time period is, it means that it's a whole new thought, a whole new prophecy. And so it's, there's a time difference between verse 20 and 21. And so what we're seeing here is in, there was three attacks by Nebuchadnezzar against Jerusalem. The final one in 586 B.C., was the final downfall of Jerusalem. So here we got, it's kind of weird here because Ezekiel is saying in the 12th year of our captivity, well, wait a minute, the Babylonians are attacking Jerusalem. That's because there was two other attacks before where uh, Nebuchadnezzar was emptying the land of the Jewish people, particularly the nobles and the wealthy and the, the prophets and all, and bringing them up. But Ezekiel was allowed to travel back. So this Jewish people are still in exile just not the last bastion, the last holdout is Jerusalem here. And so now we've got Ezekiel in 586 BC learning that Jerusalem is finally falling. Nathan, excuse me. And that's why we wanted people to know there the word capture. The city has been captured, captivity. And these are the, the reasons why we study the word of God so that we can follow along. And that's why we encourage you also to get your Bibles and follow along with us so that you can see certain transitions that you might miss. And of course, Nathan, it's almost like the Gospels. When you read the Gospel story from uh, the different point of view of the writer, sometimes people say, well, wait a minute. Why did this person tell the story like that? And it was that they were sharing it from their point of view and their time frame. And here we have this also in prophecy. Some of the prophecies that we will re read about here, they were from the time of Ezekiel. Others would be for the future and others would be for, for even a far future as you and I get to chapters 37 and 38. And we want individuals to also recognize that, that from time to time we'll read something. But it might be applicable for a future date. Yeah, yeah. It's, right now, his prophecy is coming true, uh, just as the Lord said through Ezekiel. And again, Ezekiel didn't come up with these prophecies. It's always the Lord through Ezekiel. And he said, hey, Jerusalem's going to fall. It's It's been death. Matter of fact, uh, for prophets for, for the last, oh boy, 200 years were prophesying that Jerusalem would fall because of their sins. And so the Lord was patient again, waiting generation after generation, hoping that the people would repent. Sometimes they would, but it wouldn't last very long, like in Josiah's time. And so now we're at the end. This is it. This is the fall of Jerusalem. Uh, the scepter or the, the control that the Jewish people would have over their own country and destiny would be taken away, and they wouldn't get it back. 
until 1948. I mean, think about that. Almost 2,000, 2,500 years, really, later before the Jewish people are in control of themselves in their own country once more. And even then, today, they're still pressured by the UN, the Vatican, and and others to to give up their land. So uh, this is uh, an amazing prophecy here because uh, the Jewish people were no longer allowed to rule themselves after this. Nathan, and of course, uh, verses 23 through 29 uh, here give us also more details why God was doing this and or allowing it and what was going on. And verse 23 says, then the Lord, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, they who inhabit those ruins in the land of Israel are saying Abraham was Abraham was only one and he inherited the land. But we're many. The land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord God, you eat meat with blood. You lift up your eyes towards idols and you shed blood. Should you then possess the land? You rely on your sword. You commit abomination and you defile one another's wives. Should you then possess the land? Says thus to them, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely those who are in the ruin shall fall by the sword. And the one who is in the open field, I will give to the beast to devour them excuse me, to be devoured. And those who are in the stronghold in the cave shall die of the pestilence. Verse 28, for I will make the land most desolate. Her arrogance, strength shall cease and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I have made the land most desolate because of all their abominations, which they have committed. And Nathan, much of this came to pass in details. Oh, absolutely. To the letter. That's one of the amazing things about prophecy. It's always fulfilled to the exact letter because God, the God of the universe, lives outside of time and he knows the beginning from the end. For him, history is past. You know, we're we're on the eternal state. Uh, there is uh, evil has been defeated. Sin has been wiped out. Death has been destroyed for God. It's all all current for him. But for us, you know, we live in that timeline We're we're, we're creatures, temporal creatures. And so the Lord can say, hey, and this this is going to happen because he knows and he's there for when it does happen. Blows my mind. But uh, there's there it is. And so it's interesting, uh, again, to reiterate the point, because Ezekiel has already given the prophecy of the Lord. And clearly after he was done telling the elders this, that the Lord made a mute for a while. And I don't know if that means mute verbally or mute prophetically. I tend to fall on the more of the prophetic side. But he's finally given another prophecy or he can talk either or. And he's saying, hey, this is the last this you're being taken away. This is the reason why is because the Jewish people had become as evil, if not more evil than the people around them. They no longer represented God. Therefore, God had no use for them anymore. Now, he still keep his covenant old promises. So the Jews aren't erased from history uh, at this point. But that's it. And, you know, Vic, it's been weighing on me, especially as we went through Pride Month last month and the endless perversions that we saw on TV and naked men walking down the street in front of children, chanting, we're coming for your children, uh, companies, you know, embracing such hedonism, nudity on the White House lawn. I mean, perversion everywhere. And we're thinking, well, if the United States was historically a Judeo-Christian nation who stood on morality, on, on, on the Bible, on, on God. It's a manifest destiny. You could say that we believed that we existed as a nation to bring the gospel to the world, to be a city, a shining city, a, 
a light on the hill, and we are more evil than most of the nations around them. We need to learn from this, because if the Lord would take his covenantal people and kick them out of the land because they couldn't behave, then what is it going to be like for Americans who aren't in a covenant relationship with the Lord, but say we are one nation under God? Will he kick us out of our land? Nathan, and and, and boy, uh, what you're saying, I mean, it just goes so well uh, with these verses as we close chapter 33, verses 30 through 31, because uh, 33, because I believe somewhere along the line, America is doing exactly what happened in the time uh, uh, that Ezekiel is writing to the Jewish people, uh, because it really is, Nathan, people wonder, well, how do how do we get to where we are? When we stop our ears to what God has to say, when we close the word of God, when we decide to do whatever we think uh, is right, that's where we end up in the situation that we're in. And as we look at Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30, these are just verses that I will definitely apply to what's happening today. Would you be able to read for us those three powerful verses there, Nathan, in Ezekiel 33, verses 30 through 33? Okay. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses, and they speak to one another. Everyone's saying to his brother, please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouths they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument for they hear your words, but they not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Nathan, and as I was reading that, I'm saying, isn't that the one of the challenges we have today, even even within the church? It's it's all about it should be about the application of the word doing the word. It causes us to be doers of the word. But it seems people today, uh, they just want to hear things that are nice, that tickle their ears, that's pleasant. And they don't understand the application is so important. Yeah. You know, it reminds me uh, a number of years ago, I had a good Catholic friend of mine, uh, stalwart, uh, Catholic family, attended mass all the time. And uh, they had switched from the mass being in Latin to the mass being in English. And I was like, oh, hey, that's great. You can understand what the priest is saying now. And he was kind of sad. He said, no, I really missed how beautiful the Latin sounded. And <laughs> I, I was like, well, it might have sounded nice, but you didn't understand. You went, you listened to a guy that go on for an hour and you didn't understand what he said. And he misses that. And that to me really struck. I, I know he I learned years later that he he affirmed his faith and it wasn't just superficial, but uh, at the time, it was uh, fascinating because it was just like we just read, you know, how many people listen to sermons and say, oh, man, what a great speaker. And, ooh, what beautiful verse and be beautiful prose. And, hey, I love the worship music and all. And then go out all week long sinning and living in debauchery. And, and this is what it was like for the Jewish people. They had the temple. They had the sacrifices. They had the law. But they all, all week long, they did nothing but sin and evil. And God says, that's not what I want. I don't want the external. I don't want the the the, the empty praise and, and the, the listening, the attention, if it's not going to be tied to living out what I am telling you to, to do. And what did the Lord tell the people in Ezekiel's time? Repent and return to me. 
And the people were just happy to give their sacrifices and feel like they're doing something religious without having the relationship with Jesus Christ. Nathan, and, and I, I think that, you know, you read Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, the book of James, where God says to be doers of the word. James says whoever has, uh, excuse me, Revelation, it closes the chapters, uh, the message to the churches with whoever has an ear to hear, to hear and listen and obey. And I think right now our message is traveling right now through media, social media, different platforms, reaching the ears of some people right now. And God is saying we need to be doers of the word. Hey, we're glad. Glad you're tuning in. We're glad that you enjoy this program, but please apply what the Lord and the Holy Spirit is saying to you. That will bless us, Nathan, more than anything else is when someone says, hey, I'm applying this. I'm learning from this. God is helping me through this because then we feel it, 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 the word is going forth and it's accomplishing. But if someone just wrote into us, Nathan, all the time and said, oh, I love your program. It's beautiful. But yet they're living uh, opposite of the word of God, how sad that would be. Yeah, and one thing about listening to the word of God, the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is continually nudging you, calling you to repentance, to return to him, to be saved. And so for those people who are religious, you know, they, they go to mass or they go to church or they go to whatever religious thing, well, they're only practicing a works-based salvation that cannot save. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And you can't have that eternal life unless you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I love Acts 3.19. It says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. That refreshing being salvation. To be saved from your sins means to be saved from the consequences and penalty of your sins, which is eternal death and hell. Otherwise, you're just a, a clean, bright person living a religious life, but you're missing the, the purpose of what Jesus Christ created, that relationship that saves you from your sins and puts you in a right relationship with God. And you know, Vic, I think we forget that heaven is meant to be populated by people who choose to be with God and love him. And religion will never get you there because the people haven't chosen God yet. They're only chosen to act a certain way. Nathan, and that is so right. And that's why we encourage those of you that are part of this program. We're not talking to you about religion. We're talking to you about a relationship. God loves you. According to John 3, 16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and long, only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We want you to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus. Just like Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus and he wanted Nicodemus to be born again. You might be asking that question, well, how can one be born again? Well, again, according to the word of God, it starts with a relationship with the Lord. And it means repenting from your sins and turning to him. I'm going to lead you into a very simple prayer. And if you feel the nudge of the Lord tugging at your heart and you want to turn to him now while there's still time in true repentance, then I'm going to encourage you to pray a very simple prayer with me and repeat it wherever you are. And the prayer doesn't save you, but the Lord, his Holy Spirit, will touch you and save you if you truly mean that from your heart. And you can pray a very simple prayer, something like this. Call on the name of the Lord and just say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray in Jesus name. 
And that simple prayer, if you pray it and meant it from your heart, the Holy Spirit moves position from being alongside of you to being inside of you, and you are born again. And if you pray that prayer, Nathan, I want to say congratulations. You're part of God's family. We want you to reach out to us. We would love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And you can always text or get more information by calling 305-992-9537 or reaching out here to the ministry. And again, that's really what it's all about. Not, re not religiosity, but a relationship. So Nathan, thank you for sharing the wonderful analogy. We don't just want our words to sound good. We want people to apply them, right? Apply them, exactly. And, and do what uh, Peter uh, told us in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once saved, the Holy Spirit comes in you. That's Holy Spirit baptism. But then go out and be water baptized. Uh, be immersed in water as a public expression of your faith so people will know that your life has changed. And uh, join a good church that loves the Lord, uh, is doctrinally sound, and can guide you in your better understanding of the Bible and give you accountability and opportunities to share your faith with others through your natural gifts. Oh, what a wonderful way, Nathan, to close this segment of the program. Again, we're going to encourage you guys, keep your eyes on the Lord. We ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we're going to encourage you to continue to stay tuned every week for the following segments. That they, are, they will continue to get even better as we dive into the area of false prophets and false shepherds. So you don't want to miss our next segments. With that, Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.